Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan, who does sports for Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities, as well as Justin Thomas, who is the sports editor for our Denton County Papers. And gentlemen, we are here to talk softball. So the, uh, the high school softball season has just passed the midway point. We're starting to get a little bit more clarity as far as district title races, playoff races are concerned. So we're just going to use this uh, you know, this forum to kind of kind of update you all on just how um, a few of our districts are uh, are faring just past the midpoint um, with you know with Taylor and JT here a lot of the discussion is going to focus on 56a 66a as well as 145a and I guess um, we can just kind of start in order there JT with um, with 56a and uh, you know we talked about things kind of clarifying a little bit but it seems like in recent uh, in recent days the races in 56a uh, have just gotten yeah. a little bit more convoluted I'm looking over the standings right now and um, you know I've got it flower mounds in first place just doing the uh, doing the usual lady Jaguar thing at no. Can I stop you right there? Sure. Um, let's just. Can, I want to mention Capel okay. at some point, so let's just get nine six A out sure. of the way. Go for it, man. Say what Cop- you got to say on Capel. Let's just say Capel is. They went undefeated last year. They outscored their district opponents one ninety nine to eight, and they are six and zero in first place so far. And they have a scoring margin of eighty six mm. to two. So we'll just. Just wanted to mention. Good job. <laughs> you say one ninety nine. Last year was one ninety nine. So far in six wow. games this year, it's eighty six. You think they're bummed they didn't hit the uh, two hundred run <laughs> plateau? <laughs> think they're concerned yeah. about that? <laughs> they tried to push one of those three inning games into a four inning game so they could get sixteen instead of fifteen, but <laughs> they were too good. They only got three innings. No, but good job, Capel. Looks like they're going to win nine six A again and be the number one seed. So hopefully. They can try to get past the uh, second round this year. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, as we um, as we then look back at uh, you know five six eight right now, Flower Mountain is in first place. They're eight and zero. Right. Uh, South Lake Carroll second place, six and two. And then you've got a three way tie between LD Bell, Byron Nelson, and Marcus at four and four. And it's actually uh, Hebron. Hebron, my bad. And then they're actually um, they're actually one game up on a two way tie for sixth place between Marcus right. and uh, and Louisville. So obviously, yeah. I mean, still way too much to be yeah, decided. At a, least, I mean, obviously, Flower feels like they're in a pretty good spot as yeah, far as Flyer getting Mountain's back to the looking pretty good like so what they're four games up on Third, yeah, or third, yeah, 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 third. So, yeah, they're in pretty good position. Going but as far as just the rest of this, I mean, kind of, how do you size up just this log? I mean, jam it's very, for... it's real tough to figure out because obviously it's a big log jam, and then if you look at scores and results, like, I mean, you know, you have a team like Hebron getting beat by double figures, then coming back taking Marcus to, or excuse me, Flyer Mount to mm-hmm. extra innings, then coming back getting beat, then putting when I don't know, it's just really tough to figure out. <laughs> Louisville starts off two and zero. Take it to a couple. T- uh, actually, like had a pretty solid win over Marcus. Then they dropped five in a row. You know, Marcus wins a game seventeen to four. Then comes back and gets. It's just really tough to figure out, and everybody's beating each other. So, um, but I guess that makes for an entertaining stretch here. Who and then uh, I guess another 
thing of interest, just kind of locally, individually, mm-hmm. a couple big power hitters having good seasons in 5-6-A. You okay. have uh, Megan Lesko for Flower Mound. She has eight homers. She had a streak of three straight district games with a homer, and in that streak she hit the walk-off blast to beat Hebron in extra innings, so oh, that wow. was pretty cool. And then Lexi Benson for Marcus, she's a Stephen F. Austin commit, and she has nine, area, nine homers, which is tied for the lead in the area with another player that we'll be getting around to later here. So is the, um, I mean, with, like, you expect with this district that it should just kind of be Louisville ISD's I mean, kind of owned this district in recent years. I think, you know, like every outside of, well, actually, I guess Flower Mountain and Marcus haven't made the state tournament, but mm-hmm. um, Hebron and Louisville have each made state tournaments within the past five or six mm-hmm. years, and then Marcus and Flower Mountain are pretty good. Last year, the Louisville schools swept all four playoff spots. So they've been so traditionally strong, you would just kind of expect that, especially against some of these other teams. But I guess LD Bell's really picked it up mm-hmm. this year. They have a good pitcher from what I hear. And, you know, Carroll's pretty pretty good team, but they've never been in a district like with the Louisville schools mm-hmm. or the Plato schools. So it's been tougher to kind of gauge, you know, how good they are. But after not making it this year, they seem to be have a pretty good squad this mm-hmm. year as well. So really, really deep and strong district. But I'm also not sure how many of these teams are primed for, like, deep playoff runs yeah. possibly, though. So especially with... 6-6-A, which we'll get to here coming up. Yeah, it's a good transition point then because, yes, once the playoffs do begin, it'll be 5-6-A against whoever the top four are from 6-6-A. Uh, I mean, last time we were talking softball, Taylor, we had a four-way tie for first place in 6-6-A between um, Plano, Geyer, Wiley, and Plano East. And as you'd expect, you know, a couple weeks later, that's kind of – it started to sort itself out. And yeah, still, a little bit. There's still a lot of gray area. I mean, we should at least just for um, an update on the standings, you have Plano, who's in first place. Um, they're the only team remaining from that four-way logjam who right. is atop the district. They have a 7-1 and one district record. Um, Wiley and Guy are tied for second at 6-2, and two, and then you've got a, a tie for fourth place between Allen and Plano East. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I guess we can start with Plano since they're the, um, sure. you know, they've survived this, um, you know, just the, at least midway through, they've been the, uh, you know, the lone survivor of this gauntlet, and they're, you know, at least in pole position for that top spot. You know, they, um, they were able to, I mean, they had a hiccup, you know, midway through district against Wiley, but since then they've rattled off four straight. Um, they're back to there. I mean, I'm not sure there is a team in this district that has a higher ceiling offensively than this Plano team. No, I don't think so. During that four-game uh, four winning streak, they've averaged right around 10 runs a game, um, including, as you saw last Tuesday, when they hung 16 on Plano oh East. Oh, my gosh. To be fair, though, East also put 12 up. The, <laughs> the wind was blowing out a little bit that night, so it was kind of a, uh, a slugfest. I think East hit five and Plano hit three, yeah. if I remember right, of eight home runs. So, But, yeah, Plano's offense just overall outside of – you know the long ball look good too. I mean they they're they're deep and and they're pretty for real. Uh, one through nine. That like that the added element of the long ball with this team. Like I don't know if it's just my memory playing tricks on me, but I can't recall them being this potent right. as far as the uh, the home run ball you know was last season. Right. I was just looking and just over their past three games they have five home runs and it sounds like they're getting you know those big hits from you know each third of the order. Oh yeah, well they're up and down too because I don't think uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I don't think Bronson Roden hit one when I was watching them, but then I was looking up scores from, you know, the last couple of games, and I think she hit at least one. So it is, it's literally, it's, you know, one through nine, if you're throwing to somebody in maroon, there's a chance that, you know, it's going out, and that's not something that a lot of teams can say. I think Geyer may be next closest yeah. in the district as far as just offensive 
behemoth, but but Plano is certainly, I think, the the deepest offense for sure. And as far as just you know tiebreakers, you know, looking down the road, you know, once we do get you know into the home stretch of the season, you know, Plano was able to pick up a massive win last week against Denton Geyer. Yep. Those two were tied for first place at the time, they beat and then East, Plano they beat Geyer. So I mean, it, it, you look at the top three and even the top four or five. I mean, they're beating the teams yeah. that they need to beat to. To finish in first place because you, I mean, I think one of the biggest surprises has been East mediocrity. I guess is the the best word for it, and they're not beating they're not beating the teams that are up there with them. They're beating the you know the Boyds and the teams like that, or, or you know the teams that maybe they should or kind of on the bubble. But you know they've been beaten by Guy, or they've been beaten by Plano, they've been beaten by you know teams that are that are up there and, and contending. And I think that's where Plano has really really been strong they you know they they go out there and they say okay we're going to match up with east or we're going to match up with Geyer and you know they they show up and they take care of it and I think that's why they're the lone team at the top now I think that's why they're seven and one and and look to be poised to to stay up there all I mean all eyes are now going to be on this um you know next next Tuesday um you know seven o'clock at Wiley in a rematch between the Lady Wildcats yep. and the Lady Pirates Wiley's been the only team that's that has figured out the uh, the anecdote to slow yep. down this uh you know this plan of offense Although to, to, with all due respect McKinney Boyd did only give up four runs yeah, against against Plano so there are teams that have been able to lay that blueprint but it was Wiley that has you know that did give you know Plano its only district right. loss Nine to three. Um, all eyes are going to be on that rematch next week. Um, but yeah, I mean, Plano's margin for error is still, you know, I mean, they've got the season sweep over Geyer. Mm-hmm. That'll obviously be massive for tiebreaker purposes. But they just have a one game lead right now on Geyer and Wiley for second place. This race for fourth place, as you just mentioned, Plano East. If the playoffs began today, East wouldn't get in, and that's, I mean, considering that they were at least, you know, our, um, our pick to win the district mm-hmm. when we did our, uh, our preseason predictions and whatnot, and now um, if, the, uh, if the postseason began today, it would in fact be Allen snapping yeah. a, uh, a lengthy playoff drought and getting in on that last, uh, that last spot in 6-6-A. You know, Allen, they're 4-4, um, you know, four four, as is Plano East. Obviously, then you would say that the tiebreaker is currently in Allen's favor because right. they defeated East 9-5, um, you know, recently, and that was, um, if you're just looking at what's kind of worked in Allen favor to help kind of buoy, you know, bolster their uh, their playoff chances. I mean, their top five was just lights out against East. Um, their top five, Dalen Aikman, Maya Eldred, Peyton Carmichael, Brittany Cohen, Kelsey Delap. In that win against East, they combined for 10 hits and 7 RBIs. Right. And um, I mean, yeah, it's just, and now, you know, it's you just got to kind of keep East at arm's length now. You've got the one win in your back pocket, and um, the rematch is going to be April 17th between those yeah. two. So, yeah, I mean, if you're Allen, you just got to stay within arm's length of that, right. uh, of that East team and give yourself a fighting chance heading into that uh, into that rematch. Cool. And if you can beat East a second time, then, I mean, that could very well be uh, – that playoff spot could very well be yours. And I think the thing with, with East this season, the the funny thing, I think what's been the most surprising is that they're beating themselves. Like, East is, is rolling out there, and like we mentioned, the 16-12 to 12 game. Like, you would think 12 runs would, yeah. would probably – would be enough to win a lot of softball games, but they think, or I think they had uh, six errors that game, something like that, something just abysmal. They're, yeah. They they are shooting themselves in the foot and wasting, you know, an offense that has Carson Armillo, uh, Ronnie Ramos is good. Uh, they have a lot of, uh, Gabby Lopez yeah. contributed a home run, like they have a lot of offensive talent and they're going to score their share of runs and I think... Uh, Head coach uh, Cindy Mostow even said that when I talked to her after that game. She said something to the effect of, um, she phrased it in a polite way, but it was basically, you know, our defense is is letting our offense down in basically every way you can think of because they're going to go out, they're going to score runs, they're going to get decent, if not 
uh, you know, above average pitching performances every game with Lopez and Armijo especially, but then you can't make six errors. Like, you just can't. You can't win softball games, especially against teams like Plano, Geyer, even Allen. I mean, teams in 6-6-A will beat you if you're willing to beat yourself. Like, if you're willing to just run out there and, and not play defense, then it's tough to beat anybody in this district, even, you know, the Boyds and the teams at the bottom who can also, you know, come up and surprise you for a win, especially if you if you have that kind of night in the field. So I think for East, and, and that's what Coach uh, Mosteller even said, she's like, we're going to have to, you know, figure it out on defense or they're in serious jeopardy of not even getting in the postseason, which would be... A shocker, for sure. Before we transition then to 14-5A, just a quick note. You know, the Plano East and uh, you know, Allen are 4-4, uh, four and four, and they're tied for fourth place in the district. They're just one game up on McKinney Boyd. McKinney yeah. Boyd has been, as uh, Kendrick Johnson, our McKinney sports editor, alluded to last time we were talking softball, McKinney Boyd has much improved this season. Um, you know, a lot of it centers around the rise of their freshman pitcher, uh, Kenzie mm-hmm. Cackley, and, you know, they um, they actually just did score a, uh, a 3-2 walk-off win against uh, against Allen, and it was Cackley who was responsible for a two-run single in the bottom of the seventh to lift the Lady Broncos to a huge victory and put them within striking distance of that last playoff spot as well. So plenty to be decided in 6-6-A. So that's all Lady Broncos. That's right. It's, I mean, Boyd's been on the, uh, the, it's been some lean years for McKinney Boyd recently, but um, I mean, they're, they're definitely improved the season and they're, uh, they're no longer looking like the, uh, right. you know, the automatic there's victory. Been some, that might there's have been some like surprises top to bottom in 6-6-A. I think Wiley Probably chief among all of them because I don't think. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Exactly, though. that's the thing. Like, but, so it's not it's just, not as surprising. No, but. not as not as surprising as yeah. Boyd, but I think it's they're worth talking about for a second too, just because. I mean, I think all of us thought that they had something, but but what Annie Gunther has come out and done on the mound, what their offense has done, and and winning the games that they've won, especially. I mean, you said the nine three, you know, convincing win over Plano. So um, give Wiley credit too because they they weren't a team that were that was on our radar, I guess, or, or they were just there and they were a bubble team, but but they look like they're a legitimate threat to, to maybe win the district. Mm-hmm. So I think 6-6-A has been a district full of surprises uh, and definitely not least among them is Boyd and, and the turnaround. And like I said, you know, they can beat anybody on any given night, especially if, you know, the other team doesn't show up or, or they pull what East has been pulling. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting and it should be a good a good home stretch for sure. And then over at 14-5, we talked about surprises and I'd say, um, you know, Justin, you can attest to this because you saw this game. I mean, it's yeah. it's a pretty big surprise at the top of the stings when you consider just the, uh, you know, the two teams that were expected to be vying for the uh, for the district title. First place right now at the, uh, you know, just past the midpoint, we got Prosper, undefeated at 8-0, one game up on the Colony, uh, who's 7-1, and one, and then you have Little Elm in third place at 5-3, and three, a two-way, a, a tie for fourth place, I'd say, between Creekview and McKinney North at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They're two games up on the sixth place between Lake Dallas and Newman Smith, and then R.L. Turner bringing up the rear. Um, yeah. Obviously, we can. I mean, we can focus this on the pro, on Prosper yeah. versus mm-hmm. the Colony because that was certainly yeah. the the biggest development of the first half was Prosper in a game that I mean, we talked a little bit about it. You know, when we were first, uh, you know, we first talked about softball a couple weeks ago. But I don't think the expectation was that uh, you know the Colony would be having to look up at somebody else yeah. <laughs> at Prosper, the top of the standings. Uh, Prosper's out to a great start. Um, like you said, I saw that first game. It was a nine-five victory for. Prosper, but it was a pretty close game. Colony had the lead in the sixth inning, and then Prosper got hot and got five runs there to pull out the win in the sixth inning at home. But it was a pretty good game. Um, I was definitely impressed with uh, Prosper's bats. Uh, They seem to be a little stronger than they were last year. Um, Obviously, the Colony has a strong pitcher in Iowa State Pledge, Carly Charles. She was the state championship game, uh, state tournament MVP last season. But, um, yeah, Prosper got after her pretty good, and it wasn't just, you know, 
drawing walks and getting base runners on. I mean, they were hitting homers, they were getting extra base hits, they were spreading the ball over the field. So I was definitely impressed with their um, their bats. But then I guess the key has to be pitcher Rachel Eckrode for mm-hmm. them. Oh, it sounded um, like she just had a career yeah, she night. she had, I think, 16 strikeouts that game, maybe. So she was just mowing them down. There was definitely some... Uh, some complaining going on about the strike zone from coaches and fans <laughs> alike. But, uh, what else is new? So every yeah. softball game we've ever covered, yeah. Yeah. in That's other true. words. But yeah, so she, regardless of the strike zone, she had 16 strikeouts. So even though she does pitch with the wristband. <laughs> not a wristband. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have like the wristband, so they like oh, yeah. the dugout. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. I guess Plano so does that too. So many pitch combinations. Yeah, Roden does that, that for... have a catcher give you signs. Yeah, for Plano, I believe. Which, just a pet peeve, I guess. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, she was dominant that game, though. Um, and against that, against that offense yeah. too, which has got to be among the you know on the short list of some of the best offenses yeah, in the definitely. state. And they just weren't able to get their power game going. They were able to get yeah. runners on and make things happen with their legs, like they always do. But the Eckert did a pretty good job of quieting the power bats in that lineup there. And they definitely have some. Madison Hirsch, she's tied for the lead in the mm-hmm. area. She has not, the Kansas commit. She mm-hmm. has nine homers, 31 RBIs in 21 games. Uh, Texas Tech sophomore, J.C. Hamlin, she actually leads the team. She has 33 RBIs and 12 steals. But then uh, just another massive year for the MVP last year, Jada Coleman. Mm-hmm. I guess you'll get to hear some of her here in a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, she, 23 games, she's hitting 704. <laughs> 704. She has Jeez. nine doubles. At seven. that point, how do you not just hit a thousand? Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, 704. Pick it up, Jada. Come just, on. Yeah. Nine, nine doubles, seven triples, four homers, 19 RBIs, and then the two ones that really pop out: 41 runs and 35 stolen bases in 23 wow. games. So. And she's only a sophomore. And she's only a sophomore, wow. and <sighs> if you get a chance to see her play, she's a rare left-handed shortstop, and she's oh, wow. a wizard with the glove in her arm as well. So she's super fun to watch if you get to see the colony play. She just does it all out there. So it does feel like, at least looking ahead, that the pro- Prosper and the Colony, will know, who knows how the rematch will go, but right. it does feel like those two are going to be the top two seeds. Yeah. In yeah. The yeah. Little, little, little Elm gave the Colony a pretty good game. I mm-hmm. think it was 3-1 in the first round, and I think they play either this week or early next week. But yeah, the Prosper, the Colony rematch, which this one will be at the Colony, okay. seems to be like this... You know, Prosper outright district title, or if they're going to be co-champions and share it. And you know, with how Prosper is doing in baseball, just to reiterate how the year has gone for Prosper, if they win this, they'll have won the district in every team sport. Well, yeah, it's okay, five. They'll be up. They'll yeah, be I was going to say they, they may so be ready. I think yeah, they're yeah. ripe. I think they're ready to move on up. They're ready to <laughs> ready to run with the uh, run with the horses up in six six A. Um, so let's see. Then I guess for the rest of, of 14-5, you just mentioned Little Elm. Little Elm holding it down in third place at five and three. Um, they're two games behind, you know, Prosper and the Colony. So it's probably going to be a little bit tough to crack that top two. You do have in fourth place though, Creekview and McKinney North tied at four and four. Although I guess if you're going to look at those records as far as yeah, what is what is left for both teams, you know, yeah, because North has already played that they played the Colony to start the second half yeah. on Friday and got beat eleven to two or 11, 12 to one actually, mm-hmm. but. So yeah, if you can, yeah, if you the sooner you get your uh, you know your prosper yeah, and the colony right. rematches out of the way, then right. see. So, yeah, I mean, even though North and Creekview are two and two, it is worth noting that you know McKinney North yeah, does have the easier if you track. Want to go ahead and pencil in that Creekview is not going to beat the colony, then you know, mm-hmm. that would be a, technically a game back. But right now they're even, so 
right. give them their props. Yeah, but it does feel like between those five that um, those five will comprise the four playoff spots in the district. We just mentioned, um, you know, Jada Coleman though, who is again having a spectacular year as a uh, as just a sophomore, and that is who the spotlight is for our um, for our fast forward rewind segment for this week. Kendrick Johnson was out and about, swung by the colony to talk with uh, with Jada Coleman on her uh, spectacular season so far, and um, yeah, here's um here's what Jada had to say. Kendrick Johnson with a Conley star softball player, one of the top recruits in the nation, Jada Coleman. Jada, welcome to the Fast Forward Rewind Spotlight this week. Give us some insight on all this tension. How do you handle all this attention that you get? Um, I really just try to like stay calm and just play with my heart and just just go like inning by inning and just like pitch by pitch. Do you feel any pressure the fact that like, people know you that you that you never met before and they can quote your stats and know you're going to Oklahoma? Is that weird? Like, I'm not going to call you a celebrity, but it's kind of like celebrity status. And, and you're, you're, Are you even 16 yet? Yeah, I just turned 16. So you just turned 16 and you have like all this in the pressure. There's a lot of pressure to come with all that? Yeah, it does, but um, it makes me play better, I think. Just um, knowing that someone's always watching me and just always having to play good, I think it makes me play better. From a team's perspective, how much different is it being the hunted versus the hunter? That everybody trying to take that championship that y'all got from y'all. It's really different. I like last year we lost six players, uh, six starting players, and a lot of uh, our players now were on JV, and I don't think they're used to it yet having a target on their back. But um, when we lost to Prosper, I really think that they like had an eye opening, like seeing that we do have a target on our back, and like we have an expectation to live up to. What's your ultimate goal to accomplish here in the next two and a half years since you already accomplished so much? You, you've done what some people do in a career already in a year and a half, so what is your, how do you keep yourself motivated, and what's your ultimate goals? Um, just to, like, have fun, like, while playing high school. It just, like, just a Wednesday and just, just to have a good time. So what we say to say that regardless of this year and next year, before you graduate, you want another state title? Oh, yeah, every year. So I can have, like, rings all on my hands. <laughs> Give some insight to playing for your mom. Is that hard? Or, like, like for instance, y'all have a bad game or bad practice. How do y'all separate mom and daughter and star player and coach? <laughs> uh, it is kind of hard. Um, she gets on to me a lot, but, like, I just got to see her as a coach, not as my mom. And then, like, when I get home, I see her as my mom. But on the field, I see her as a coach. And sometimes it's hard, but it's, like, really cool to have, like, your mom by your side winning state and stuff. It's, just, it's cool. So when you look to, to, look to, to your right – what you um it's like okay, my right, your left, like as you see right there with your shoulder, what do you think about that? Um, it's cool. Like it's oh, you're talking about this? Yeah, what's talking about those rings, you see the little copy carbon copy on the bottom. Oh, it's awesome. It's so cool to look at like to go to school and just see like what we accomplished. Like at that moment it was like so surreal and then like now like it's all sunk in and like it's so awesome. How does it feel good to be knowing that regardless if you win another state title now that your legacy is pretty cemented here as one of those people that bought a state title to the colony? It's cool, but I just want to like keep it going. like Not just like a one-time thing. like That wasn't just luck. Like I wanted to make it seem like we were great and like we can like keep doing this. I just feel from the, on, on the com- competitive standpoint, when people see Jada Coleman, like, they like, oh, there she go. And, like, you have other teams gunning for you or trying to get you out and go ex- put extra attention or when you on base trying to make sure, oh, well, she ain't stealing on us or she ain't going to do what she do to everybody else. How yeah. much how, – does that make you better? Like, you have to kind of play games within the games to get better? Yeah, I do. It's it's kind of weird to, like, hear parents. Like, they'll, like, go at me sometimes. But I think it, I think it makes me play better just, like – when I'm competitive and it makes another team competitive, it just makes the game more fun and just makes it more exciting. 
You got any words of advice for those parents out there <laughs> in the future? No. It's your platform. <laughs> no. They uh, they motivate me. They make me play better. And it just makes it more exciting when they're all yelling and everything. So, it's all good. Give some insight the fact that besides being a star softball player, you got a newcomer year in volleyball and you run track. So, how do you have time for all this? And just give some insight to the other sports that you compete in, that you compete on a high level. Um, I actually really like volleyball. Just um, all my friends and, like, just meeting new people is just, like, awesome. Like, they're just totally different from softball. Like, volleyball and softball are, like, completely different. And I just think it's a good, like, break and, like, working new muscles and it's fun. Would you ever try to do, do two things or straight softball once you get to Oklahoma? Uh, I think I'm just going to do just softball. I don't think I'm good enough to play OU volleyball. But that would be, a, like, a dream come true to, like, play two sports. And what makes you commit to OU? Because very rare people commit before they even play a single game on varsity. Yeah. But some people are special, and you definitely fit that criteria. So how, what makes you decide that early, like, that's the school to go to, and for you to be comfortable with them and them to come be comfortable with you? And, you know, like, same as you get hurt, that they're going to be loyal to you. Yeah. Um, just knowing the Patty, she's amazing. And just, like, the whole coaching staff are just very reliable. And, like, they're just like a family. Like, they, like, had open arms to me coming in and – I just remember, like, going on the softball field and, like, staying in the shortstop position and being like, wow, like, I could see myself playing here. Even if I didn't play softball, like, I just, like, absolutely love this place and, like, they just made it feel like home. With all the stuff that you accomplished on the field, how hard is it off the field with with your mom with the cancer and see how everybody surrounded, kind of rallied around that. Yeah. And it's been a positive for the community because um, being a, a, the Colony resident, I've heard about the, her story and the fact that she's getting better and stuff. Yeah. It's, it was awesome. Like, when it came out that she had breast cancer, there were so many supporters. Like, we came home with, like, huge baskets of just gifts and just blankets and snacks. And, like, the school was behind us all the way. And, like, I really think that, like, gave us fire to win state. Like, we, like, felt like we have to win for our coach. And it was just really good that everyone came together, and it felt good, like, to win it for her. Am I going to update? Is she doing pretty good? Oh, yeah, she's good. I think um, both of her um, – Breasts are clear, and that she's all good. And just from a uh, from a from a, a human standpoint, as a feel the fact that you know your mom's gonna be able to see you grow and mature into the star that you that you just kind of morphed into, just and be there for you. It feels great. Like I was actually really worried, and I was really down. But having softball teammates and volleyball teammates and track teammates to be by my side made me feel like it was gonna be no problem. Like she's a great fighter, and like she was gonna get through this. But I really was scared. But now I feel way relieved that everything's done, and she'll be by my side through it all. How much pride do you have to have that the colony on your show? Uh, it's awesome, especially when I have my ring on and my medal. It feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And do you? Uh, I heard your um, sister is a coach. Did y'all have to play them last year? Yes, we did. We played them in the third round of playoffs last year. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the bottom of the seventh with two outs, and I was a runner on first. And then Coco hit like uh, a shot to the fence, and I scored the winning run. Oh, so, so, so was that, how was how weird was that? Like, coach, you on a cloud nine, and you see your sister. Yeah. Like, like I'm pretty sure if you weren't playing, you'd been cheering for her to win. Oh yeah, definitely. I bet it was hard for my mom having, like, two daughters on separate teams. And just, she probably didn't know who to go for. She wanted her team to be successful, but she also wanted Ashley to be successful because that was, like, her first head coaching job. But it's all good. We won. So I'm I'm glad. <laughs> and give some insight to your track prowess. I know you got the regionals last year. How big a deal would it be just to get to Austin just to compete? It would be, like, amazing. I've been working every Wednesday with Coach Gregory. He's a great coach, and he just – 
trying to get me to that point is like trying to uh, stretch out my strides and doing everything he can with the time I have during softball season to get me to that stage. And I think maybe we can get there, hopefully. And would that, wouldn't that kind of overlap softball, though? Yeah, it would. So I only practice on Wednesdays, but um, the track meets are on Thursdays. But we play on Tuesdays and Fridays, so hopefully it only go on Thursdays. <laughs> so what would you do for a state if you got made the state? Because I know um, that y'all could play series, but it'd be kind of kind of be weird, right? Because because yeah. state is Friday. Yeah. Uh, I you have probably, a plan. You have a plan. Have no, y'all talked I don't about have it. A plan. <laughs> we have never talked about it. Um, I guess we'll figure it out when I get there. I mean, I made it to regionals last year and everything was okay, but uh, I get there. I guess we'll talk it out. <laughs> but softball comes first, so. How, uh, how does it feel the fact you have uh, like people like Coach Rangel and the principals here, just the whole community uh, behind you? It's kind of like they almost. Look, look, I'm not exaggerating. You kind of get talked about the same way Darren Williams does, and he's a, <laughs> a former NBA player. How's that? Pre- is that pretty cool? It's amazing. They all have known me since I was probably like three because my mom's worked here for like maybe 16 years, and it's just cool to have them by my side. They're like great leaders, and like they're always there for us. Coach Rangel always checks in on us just to make sure like we have water and like we're okay and it's it's really good to have them by our side give some insight to being not only just on a play on a high level but to be a left-handed shortstop like that's uncommon in the major leagues let's know softball yeah. so when, when people see actually see you play are they like freaked out like wow she's doing this she's left-handed playing short <laughs> i mean i guess but um i don't know i don't even think people sometimes people don't notice that i'm left-handed but i don't know i don't know what they think what the old you coaches tell you? I'm pretty sure they knew I way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Patty's very straightforward. Like, if I make the plays, that she'll play me. But if I don't make the plays, then I'm going to have to find somewhere else to play. But I'm fine with that as long as we win. I just want to... I just want to win in all stages. I want to win at the high school level, the college level, the USA level. I just want to win at all the levels. So. Are you... Is it, is it true that you're, like, in the runners for being on the junior um, national team? Um... I, I've done my research. Uh, well, I was supposed to go, but I didn't end up going. But I probably would go next year. Did, I don't did, know. Do you think that that's a big honor? Do you feel yeah. pressure to play in that, or just kind of like you need a break since you play basically year round? You're playing eight sports. Do you yeah. need time for your body to heal? Yeah, I really think I just need to slow down a little bit. Like I, um, everything was going really fast. Like just committing and then like going to HNU Glory and then like winning state everything was going like really fast and I just thought like it was just slow down I have next year and then I'll have time to train and like think about what I'm getting into as talented you are what, what can you improve upon on the softball field sir what, what can you improve upon what oh. you like what what, what, what are you going to add to your game before before oh. you graduate what you oh saying? okay um I don't know I'm just gonna hopefully get my batting average up just keep going up like to the farthest as it can be and just keep working on um, defense. Because I know it is pretty hard being a left-handed shortstop. And um, as uh, as I get higher in the game, I hope that I get quicker with the game. And I just, like, I'm able to throw them all out. <laughs> and my, my final question is, with everything you've already accomplished and all the pressure and everything, how is it to beat Jada Coleman, 16-year-old, star sophomore, the colony, Lady Cougar? Uh, it's amazing. I'm, like so happy to be a part of this high school and just everyone behind us and it's just great loving life got any messages for anybody fans or haters um i love everyone love the haters love the fans y'all keep repping keep coming to softball games we just need as much people as we can just to make the softball world bigger 
that's it for this week's Fast Forward Rewind Spotlight. This week's guest, Jada Coleman, holding it down with Kendrick Johnson. Back to y'all, guys. Uh, and big thanks to Jada and Kendrick for that uh, for that segment right there. So we're going to round things out um, as we did last Thursday. A little more sooner, Matt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're gonna uh, yeah, gonna talk a little bit about um, just kind of what we have on our coverage docket for um, for tomorrow night, um, as well as any other news and notes that have come down the pipe for um, you know within our markets. Um, you know, with uh, obviously we've spent this podcast talking about softball, but the soccer playoffs are still uh, are still top of mind for us from a coverage standpoint. We are now into the second round of the high school soccer playoffs, and that is where um, all three of us are going to be out and about at on uh, tomorrow night. I'll start. Um, you know, I'll be out and uh, actually going to make a drive out to Corsicana to cover Allen. The can. Against uh, against Belton. The Allen uh, girls soccer team was able to survive a uh, what sounded like an absolute thriller in the first round against Hebron, a game that went to PKs and um, you know, I was able to squeak out a win in, um, you know, in, uh, in penalty kicks in a game that you know certainly has looked a little bit tougher than any game that they've had in quite some time. So Allen able to uh, Allen able to withstand its first, uh, you know, its first true test of the uh, of the, of the season, you know, so far. So, um, yeah, see how the Lady Eagles do against Belton if they win, and then South Lake Carroll is able to take care of business in their second round game, and we'll get the uh, that highly anticipated South Lake Allen matchup in the third round. Um, I guess as far as any other news and notes for those um, who are fans of uh, football recruiting, there was some pretty big news that dropped on Twitter yesterday um, in the Allen uh, in the Allen area. Theo Weiss, Allen's star wide receiver, he's ranked as the number one prospect in the state for 2019 by rivals, top three nationally by the same site. He is. Um, narrowed his list down to, uh, to five schools. It's always a cool moment whenever one of these high-profile recruits is able to trim down that list to um, either a top 10 or a top five. And for Theo Weiss, it is down to Texas A&M, OU, Alabama, USC, and LSU. Who what a are, problem to have, yeah, a decision between I mean, those schools. He's, you know, some outlets have him as the top. You know, said he's the top player in the country, according to rivals. And you know, no matter where you check, he's among the top receivers that there is for the class of 2019. Yeah, you could pretty much name his school. And yeah, he's got some. He's narrowed down to five uh, very, very strong, yeah. strong programs. So um, there's that. And then also this week, I mean, and you guys can attest to this since you guys will be out and about covering this stuff. I mean, this is a week where a lot of these solo sports really do pick up. I mean, this is the start of the postseasons for track, golf, tennis. So it's going to be a very, very busy week for all three of us. Um, JT, what is your coverage docket looking like tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm going to be out at Dallas Jesuit for an actually a girls soccer game between Capel and Mesquite Horn. So the little area around contest there, I'll be checking that out. Friday we're going to have to kind of see who advances and what's going on, but I will be out in Denton checking out a little golf and stuff this week too. And how about you, Taylor? Um, I will also be uh, covering golf uh, both Tuesday and Friday, I believe. 6XA, boys and girls, both play this week, unlike some districts where it's split up. So they're both in action this week. I'll be out, uh, especially for the last days of of those, uh, checking in on things and and bringing that. Um, But tomorrow I will be out at uh, McKinney High School. Uh, An important note, uh, Lovejoy and Lake Dallas boys soccer has been moved to McKinney High School due to a scheduling conflict. Um, that we may or may not have brought to life. <laughs> uh, the Prosper girls uh, and Wiley East girls were set to play at Ron Poe at 7, and then Lovejoy and Lake Dallas were set for 7.30, so that would have been the uh, world's fastest soccer game. But, uh, no, they will two, be at McKinney. games at once. Yeah, yeah. right, just, just cut the field they in each, half. Yeah, they but, each take up one through 50, and yeah, they will be. <laughs> they will be at McKinney High School now. So I'll be out there for that one. Outside of the box. So that should be an interesting one. Um, Lovejoy, obviously, kind of a, a soccer power yeah. uh, in the region, and, and I think was 
semifinalists? Regional semifinals yeah, last year. Semifinals yep. last year, and then Lake Dallas, basically the opposite. No. Uh, first, the, congratulations first, to Lake Dallas. Yes, first ever playoff congratulations. victory. Uh, hadn't made the playoffs since 2011, 2012. Yeah. Got in and, and uh, took down Frisco Lone Star last week for their first mm-hmm. ever uh, playoff victory in program history. So uh, a little bit of a matchup of, I don't want to call it Dave and Goliath because you never know, but mm-hmm. certainly a team that's been there and a team that's still uh, still forging their first mm-hmm. road through the playoffs. But should be an interesting one at McKinney. Uh, and then obviously just watching baseball and softball. It, it may be a week where we don't get out to a lot of games, but definitely paying attention, especially at 668 because some crazy uh, some crazy races that should only get either tighter or, or more separated this week. It's a big week, big next two weeks. So. So then, yeah, that's in for all that good stuff. You guys can follow us along on Twitter. We will be, you know, posting updates from the uh, from the stuff that we're at live. JT, where can folks follow you on Twitter? Uh, at J Thomas SCN. Uh, Taylor. I am at Taylor Raglan. Uh, R A G L I N is my last name. Just all all one word. Mm-hmm. So. And um, yeah, you can follow me along at M Welch S L M. And um, obviously, once our games are done, you know, the first spot you can check out our stories as well as rapid reaction podcasts, video highlights, what have you, is at StarLocalSports.com. Otherwise, folks, JT Taylor, appreciate you for tagging along. And uh, yeah, that'll just about do it with the uh, this latest edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.